0: Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. I'm Chuck, your host as always. How have you been? You guys, it's been such a long time. It feels like, I don't know, a week since we've talked last. It's good to have you back. Thank you for being a regular listener. We so appreciate you. It's awesome. When I get a chance to run into people out in the wild and you say, I heard your voice and I recognize you from the podcast. That's so fun. Please don't stop doing that. We love to meet you and interact with you. We have a great opportunity for you to interact with us in person at the Edge Conference, which is coming up this October 3rd, 4th, and 5th at the Music City Center in Nashville. My two guests today, who I will introduce to you momentarily, will be at the Edge Conference. You can meet me and the team uh, from LifeWay Kids and Students. But also you can meet our president and CEO and his wonderful life wife, Lindley, Ben and Lindley Mandrell. Thank you for being on the podcast today. Welcome to the show. It's great to be on the show, Chuck. Your energy makes me want to bring up my energy. So it's great to try to compete with you.
1: Yeah, I'm feeling a little challenged to be (laughs) pretty, pretty excited this morning.
0: To be fair, it's not a competition. Okay. Although you you may be tested at the end, we'll see how that goes. Uh, we've we know uh, that the ch- people in the church are tired. Uh, senior pastors are tired. Pastors' wives are tired. Uh, you guys have such a heart for investing in ministry leaders. And you do that regularly through your podcast, The Glass House. And so our listeners, I want to invite you to find that wherever you listen to podcasts. And, uh, but also guys, you, you, whenever we gather, you just communicate such a heart, uh, to invest in the people in front of you to care for those who are weary and to provide encouragement. And so Ben, as a a guy who's been a pastor for many years in a couple different types of churches, kind of in the the larger, more traditional church in the South, but also you guys planted a church together in Denver in a post-Christian culture that's very different than the South, grew that church plant into a large church out there at Storyline in Denver. You guys have done a lot of ministry in a lot of places, and you you have a really good sense of how hard that can be on people. Uh Lindley, you led the kids ministry out there mm-hmm. at Storyline and so I know you have a deep heart for kids ministry. I wanted today to give you a chance to speak over our listeners, kids ministry leaders all over the country, uh, to share, Ben, the heart of a pastor for kids ministry. Why is kids ministry so important to the church and and uh, how can we engage better with our pastors? And so we want to discuss that. But first, but first, we often, your first time guests on the podcast, we often like to share just a little bit with our listeners so they can get to know a little bit about little you from when you were a kid. Are you guys game to answer a little bit of a little bit question? Love it, love these questions. Awesome, awesome. So um, what I'm thinking about this morning is, uh, as we record, is breakfast. And so it makes me go to uh, cereal. So do you have, or did you have as a child, a favorite breakfast cereal. What would that have been? Ben, how about <laughs> how about you? I, I have an idea where Lindley's gonna go with this. Ben, let's start with you. Did you have a cereal that you loved as a kid? I am a
2: variety is a spice of life kind of guy. So we are a huge cereal family. In fact, we rarely have less than seven or eight boxes of cereal in our in our pantry. And man, I like to mix it up. I'm I'm not afraid to do a little Captain Crunch on Monday and some Raisin Bran on Wednesday. I, I mix it up a lot. But do Lindley, you those... Lindley and I have very different tastes in cereal, and she I admire her consistency.
0: So Ben, you're all about, about the variety. <laughs> Lindley, you're a little bit more uh, ingrained in your grain choices.
1: I do not. I do not think variety is the spice of life for me. <laughs> so, I mean, since my mom, my mom still laughs because since I was a child, I mean, little child, I have had a box of honey nut cheerios or a bowl of honey nut cheerios every day of my life. Um, I have not skipped. I have been faithful. If we're on vacation, we still find a box of honey nut cheerios. Uh, it just, it never, never. I don't go to. I don't go a day without it.
0: So, what happens if you miss a day?
1: I'm grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm irritable. I There are three things every day that I have. I have a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios. I have an eight-ounce Coke, and I have a cup of applesauce. So um, other than that, the things can vary, but those things I must have every day.
0: A creature of habit.
1: Yes. Yep. I,
0: I find that commendable. Now, ben and I are both Enneagram 7s, and so variety is everything. It's all Correct. about the cereal I'm not having. So if we have tricks. Or when I was a kid, if I, my mom bought home tricks, I wanted the Apple Jacks. If we had the Apple Jacks, I wanted the Cocoa Puffs, you know, whatever the one was right. that we didn't have. Right. Ben, do you remember those variety packs where you had like eight boxes of tiny cereal? Absolutely. And when we go on vacation, we still buy it.
2: And I have a hard time figuring out which one I'm going to claim before the kids get to it.
1: Actually, do you know why we still buy those? Because they one of the eight is always a Honey night Cheerios. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I'll take that. Claimed. Preclaimed. And you guys can fight over the other seven.
0: Did you know that you, with those little tiny boxes, you can actually rip open the side of the box and use the box as a bowl?
2: No. I did not know that. It's
0: a thing. Listeners, wow. this message brought to you by Kellogg's. Yes. Well, let's talk a bit about the value and importance of kids ministry from the church perspective. It, ben, let's start with you. What, what do you would you say as a pastor, how important is uh, the kids ministry program to what the whole church needs to accomplish?
2: Well, I would say this is a huge turning point in my life, was honestly being married to the kids' director. Mm. I don't know that I would have an appreciation for kids' ministry today like I do now, because just hearing night after night Lindley's stories and passion for the kids and the kids' ministry began to change my heart for how important it was. I I don't know that I would be where I am today had I not had that close connection to her Mm. and the kids' ministry. But when she began to grow our church plant, she was one of the primary drivers of the growth of Storyline because we were reaching so many kids because of her intentionality. And so I began to fall more and more in love with kids ministry because I saw the overall impact on the church.
1: I appreciate all those words there, babe.
2: <laughs> it's true. I, I I didn't really love it until you loved it. And you passed that passion on to me. And today I'm a huge
1: proponent of kids ministry. Yeah. I mean, you tell everybody that, you know, I mean, to grow, you say it really, you say it better than I do. You were just talking about it today.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, when you go to seminary as a senior pastor, the the central text is preach the word in season and out of season with great patience and careful instruction. So they they make you into a preacher. And so you come out of seminary thinking everything rises and falls on the preaching. But post-COVID, even more than ever, community is the king and not content. Now con- it's not the content's not important. It's very important, but people are craving and find the urge for community before they have the urge for the content. So kids ministry is the place where you catch community and you give kids a place to belong before they believe. And then before you know it, you've got parents coming who also want to belong before they believe.
1: Well, and even, I mean, to piggyback off of that, oftentimes your friends as adults, are people who have kids in the same age group. You know, I mean, you, you just preschoolers are friends with other people who have preschoolers. And so, you know, if your kids ministry is thriving and going well, then chances are, I mean, parents are connecting through their kids classes like, oh, you have a four year old. I have a four year old. Let's have a play date. I mean, that kind of thing. And so I just think that we underestimate the importance of the, the community portion of, of our kids' ministries, as well as the teaching.
0: Yeah, kids' ministry is a great point of contact with young families, absolutely. And sure. young families are the lifeblood of the church, right? we need To keep mm-hmm. a church growing and thriving, we need to be reaching kids and families. Let's talk about that word reaching, because there's, you know, many of us have families who show up at the church, walk into our doors and into our lives. But you two, I know, are proponents of the church going outside into the community to find those Folks, and bring them in. Share a bit about your, of your thoughts about how kids ministry can be a great way for churches to reach out.
2: Yeah, we were just talking about this this morning over coffee of just how important fun and levity is to the life of a local church, how it mm. impacts the culture, and kids ministry is like primary place number one where it's okay to to not take yourself so seriously. So Lindley would be very intentional about creating fun connection points, whether it's in the church or out in a park where lots of kids' ministry could happen because fun draws people in. It's, it's, it's magnetic. And kids like to have fun a lot more than adults do. And so we, we began to figure out ways to, to give people a, a chance to make a shared memory where there would be fun.
1: I was going to, what we used to um, say at our church is that we invite people into our lives and not a location. Hmm. So I was thinking more of that direction of just how we just felt like if you don't have people regularly in your lives um, that maybe don't even belong in your lives, that are unbelievers, that go to different churches, all those kind of things, then you're not really, I mean, you're missing out. You're missing out on so much. And so I just kind of was going to that statement that we would use a lot and just, and our family would go by that. Value a lot just to have people into our home, Um, have meals, share meals, share, like cook, do s'mores. I mean, all kinds of things just to invite them into our lives. And then they would trust us enough to come to our location. So, I mean, that was just a big deal for us is how do you get them to trust you enough to not think that it's a bait and switch, that we actually do care about you and we don't just care that you add to our numbers.
0: Mm Mm-hmm relationships are so key. It's uh, we, ministry in the context of relationship, re, relational evangelism and relational discipleship are, are the core of reaching our communities, right? Because as you said, Ben, they long for community before they know they long for a relationship with Jesus.
2: Mm-hmm. That's right. And I think
0: nowadays, just because of where we are in the world,
2: everybody thinks you're trying to sell them something. Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody's guard is up about, hey, why are you inviting me to this? What's the catch? And if you just remove the catch and just love people where they are and love them for who they are, the the God question eventually comes up. And it when it does, it's a much more natural conversation than trying to force it. Mm-hmm. Lindley and I were recently looking. Our daughter just went off to college. She went to UT Knoxville State School and Lindley was noticing a thread where this person from outside the South was bringing their kid to college and a little bit dismayed by the, how forward the local churches were on campus and inviting mm. them to church. And approaching people, yeah. And but we what were was
1: – No, let me tell you what's so interesting. So he he was not being um, – adversary in writing this he just said he was just shocked by it but what was so frustrating because we've lived in a in a post-christian culture is that the christians were getting on there and like well if you don't like it you should leave the south or you know or you just need to know that i mean nobody loves your child more than jesus so they need to find a church group well so i mean what he was just saying was very eye-opening for him he was eventually probably turned off by the believers because we, would, we didn't respond in love of like, mm. I can understand how that's so different. I mean, we, he, nobody was responding by saying, you know, thanks for sharing this. What a great perspective. Instead, it was like, well, you know, if you don't have coffee in Jesus, then you don't have anything kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, Honey nut Cheerios get really yes, great whatever. with that. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, I just thought that it was such an interesting thread. There was, I mean, tons of comments on it.
0: But when we begin with with building a genuine relationship where we can Mm -hmm. truly show people that we don't have an agenda as such, right? We're not trying to sell them anything or get them to buy a condo. We really genuinely want to care about their children and walk beside them and invest in them and connect them in friendships, teach them uh, the truth. And over the course of time, the result of those genuine relationships results in changed lives and in changed families. Mm -hmm.
2: When you make a difference in the life of my kid and my kid comes home and talks about just how encouraged he was being around Chuck Peters at church, I, I now view you through a whole different light. Hmm. Like you're, you're no longer an enemy to me or someone to be suspicious of. Like you have genuinely cared about my kid and it just brings walls down. So kids ministry is a it's just low hanging fruit in the love category in terms of investing in families.
1: Well, Chuck, to play off what Ben had said earlier, as far as kids ministry and senior pastors, mm-hmm. um, I think it's a huge miss when when senior pastors are not heavily involved in kids ministry. Because, I mean, we have four kids. We used to say we were those people who were like, "We'll never go where our kids are happy. It's about you know where we're being fed and whatever." Well, that's not true. Like. Mm-hmm. You really do get to a point to where if if my kids feel connected, if they find identity, if they feel invested, we will put up with a lot mm-hmm. and so I mean, I just think churches miss it so much when when the senior pastor is not almost pursuing the kids' ministry and youth, of course, the very most, um just because i I think that's parents will put up with so much to make their kids feel um, like they have a place.
0: That's true. I think it's very true. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who will change churches if the kids ministry is not meeting the needs of their children, their kids aren't finding friends, or they don't feel they belong. And so to get it right in the kids space is really, I would say as a kids guy, I would say that's crucial for the church. If we miss kids, we miss the whole family. If we get kids, we win the whole family. Uh, Ben, from the pastoral point of view, you said having your wife as the kids minister really helped you see that in the, from a new point of view, or in yep. a new light. Um, for th- for those leaders, uh, some have pastors who are deeply aware and very involved others have pastors who maybe just let kids run off in the other wing or the other building and as long as it's quiet and doesn't cause a disruption it's fine and so there's a wide range of relationships that kids leaders have with their pastors uh, for for those who have pastors who may seem to be less engaged or less involved What advice might you give to those kids leaders who are feeling maybe unseen or unheard? Maybe they don't know how to engage with those pastors. What advice might you give us there?
2: Yeah. You know, I think setting a senior pastor up for success in the kids ministry is a great start. Mm -hmm. You know, create a moment for him to come in and do something that wouldn't embarrass him. But just, you know, kids are fascinated by the pastor, like, have him come in and share a few things about himself or participate in a, a not embarrassing game or just say, hey, pastor, we I really want our kids to get to know their pastor. Would you be willing to come in on a Sunday morning while the music is playing and just do this for five minutes? Like, it, It's awkward as a senior pastor, I, and I are talking about this today, to just walk the halls, even though that, that's very powerful. For most mm-hmm. senior pastors, they feel like this is not a good use of my time. Why am I just walking the halls. So creating meaningful place for him. What would you add to that, Unley?
1: Well, I just, I mean, when we were discussing this, I said, kids are so funny to me in that if Ben were to come on stage during one of our large group times and say three things about himself, and one of them was like, we have two big golden retrievers. I guarantee you every child goes home and is like, did you know Pastor Ben has two big dogs? That's you know, right. they, just, they just catch on to the littlest things. And so, I mean, I think we over dramatize what a guy has to do to connect with his group versus just coming in there and saying, I just want to show you a picture of my kids. I want to show you a picture of my dogs and I want to show you blank. You know, and then we're just so glad you're here and walk off the stage. Like it literally takes like four minutes. It Um, it
0: makes the pastor a person instead of a personality, right? Or instead of a persona.
2: Put him in videos. Mm. Even if he's not like a main player, like a cameo, like just keep figuring out ways to bring the senior pastor into as a face in the ministry. And he will fall. He will begin to fall in love with it because I guess what? Those kids, they think he's he's just like a hero to them, whereas the adults can be quite critical.
1: So every year, every year we made our own videos for VBS um, yeah. that felt more contextually relevant in the West. And Ben, of course, was always in those. But I, I mean, he's funny in videos, so it went well. But even if your pastor's a shy guy, I'm thinking of one specific video where Ben was kind of like spying on people. So like he was hiding behind tree branches, like anybody just can peeking do that. out. Yeah, yes, peeking out. I mean, you know, so it doesn't. I mean, I think that we just think, oh, I've got to be funny or silly or, I mean, my job as a kids ministry director, like I felt ill-equipped because I'm not a stage personality mm-hmm. Um and I, I would never be in skits. Like that would just, it sounds like torture to me, but I love being in charge, like over volunteers and making sure they find their right spot. So I'm just saying like, we need to think creative, creatively as to how to let everyone feel like they have a place.
2: Mm-hmm. And again, I would, I would stress that the pastor does not realize how powerful the message is he sends to parents when the parents see that he's willing to get down on their kids' level and participate in the kids' ministry. Like, you want to talk about something that creates loyalty and endears people to their pastor is that he's not just about his sermon. Like, he really cares about the kids. And that means he's willing to get down on their level and play on the floor and not be just a stage guy.
0: Well, there are a lot of, once we start to look for opportunities, I think the advice for kids leaders to invite their pastor to be involved in some way, just to be a presence. Uh, I like to say we want to invite our pastors to see and be seen in the kids space, to hear and be heard, to know and be known. When you just show up, even if it's high and kids at the door or saying hi to mom and dad when they pick their kids up, or when they drop them off at the door for VBS, you're there in the car line as the pastor. Mm -hmm. Those little things can go a long way to being approachable. Uh, One of the things that we're talking about in kids are key, we're identifying four key relationships that we think every child needs to have in the church. And really, this is true of every person in the church. And I use the acronym FLIP. Every kid needs to find a friend. Everybody needs to have a friend. That's, That's someone they look forward to seeing. Everyone needs a leader who knows their name and their need and their story and their concerns and their family. They need other influencers in the church, but the P in that is pastors. It's so crucial that kids and families know the pastor, not just as a person on a platform, but as a real human who knows their name and knows their story and is accessible to them. And I think a lot of times from the kid's wing, The pastor is a distant personality, and I think there's a lot we can do by just intentionally inviting our pastor in for simple little things that Mm -hmm. don't take a lot of time, have a a great impact in a return on that investment in relationship.
1: I think um, even, you know, there's always Pastor Appreciation Month, Um, and I, I know that half the churches out there, they write notes to their, like they'll have their kids ministry people write notes to their pastors. But I just think even in that, they could be so much more intentional with it in two ways. I mean, in one way, like you could talk to the kids about who your pastor is and, you know, and have them know like really specific details, but then also have the pastor come in afterwards and say like how much it meant to him. Like I got notes from so-and-so, I mean, so-and-so, and it meant so much to me. And I just, I want to meet, I want to know who this guy is. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking very quickly, but you know what I mean? Just being intentional with that.
2: I also want to put this out there that working with the kids ministry to find uh, key moments throughout the year to bring the kids on stage is a huge win for the pastor. You know, first grade Bible presentation has always been one of my favorite moments of the year where you align the little kids up. They got their little clip on tie. They come on stage. The pastor presents them their very first Bible. I don't even care if they have another Bible. I'm giving them a Bible. And what we used to do, too, is we would stop and take a quick you know, picture me and the kid and send the kid that picture and just say, Johnny, I'm so excited to be your pastor and to, and to give you this Bible, I hope you'll read it. and It'll be a guide for your life. And Lindley in the kids area, they would always set me up for success. They would have the whole thing organized. They'd have the kids come out. The parents loved it because the kids always do unexpected things on stage. And they're just cute to look at. Like it's like baby dedication. And like, you never know what's
0: going to happen, right? There's always that one yes. kid who's doing something weird, poking them one next to him. Somebody's showboating.
2: <laughs> and well, almost every time you get kids on stage, families invite unchurched family members to come and observe
0: that yes
1: well we had a funny story because we did that photos and we would send them the photo and there was a lady that wrote back and said or told me one sunday morning she said we have zero pictures on our refrigerator because it's a stainless steel refrigerator except for that my child put the picture of ben and himself like taped it up himself like crooked (laughs) on the thing and when she went to take it off and say, well, we'll find somewhere else, like through a fit and was like, no, I want Pastor Ben on the refrigerator. And so, I mean, she said, so you're we stare at you at every meal, you and, you know, so and so on our refrigerator. And so, I mean, it's one of those things that we feel like they probably would just toss it out, but they actually do. It does mean something to them.
0: And little things go a long way. That's probably a really good takeaway. I love the idea, guys, of inviting your pastor to come into the kids space and looking for opportunities to take your kids ministry into the big church space. That's a really great, two two really good goals that we can set and figure out how we can make steps forward to to engage with our pastors. Well, guys, thank you both for sharing from your hearts today about kids ministry. From your perspective, we so appreciate your leadership at Lifeway, your involvement in kids ministry has, it's been uh, really important and valuable to me as the leader of Lifeway Kids. I, I so value your partnership and I'm really excited to have you guys at the Etch conference this year. Ben, I know that you in particular have become, you, you, you enjoy Etch and you've been a proponent of it. Uh, what, what are you going to be doing for us at Etch this year? I just love coming to Etch.
2: In fact, last year, I was sitting there thinking, why is every executive leader of Lifeway not sitting in this room? I, you just can feel the energy and the excitement of reaching the next generation. Hmm. Uh, well, we're going to be doing a variety of things. Lindley and I are going to teach a little breakout on how to create family values, which is a very practical workshop for for folks who want to institute that in their church because we think values create culture and culture creates... Uh, ministry opportunities. So we're going to do that. And then Lindley and I, most of all, we're just going to be there to build relationships, be in the hallway, hang out with people, you know, just be accessible. That's one of our favorite things to do.
0: The Etch Conference is a huge highlight of my year. I'm I'm really glad, Ben, that you have uh, have gotten to know it so well. You've been a regular at Etch just being present, and I'm so excited for you to speak this year and lead us through some soul care uh, as well, as you'll be uh, caring for us together in a really special worship session that we're going to do with Christy Knuckles. So that'll be fun on our Tuesday morning. Uh, listeners, if you want to find out more about Etch and get your ticket so you can come and see Ben and Lindley and engage with them in person, be a part of that breakout, listen to these sessions and interact with with all of us at Lifeway Kids and Lifeway Students. You can find everything you need to know at etchconference.com. That's etchconference.com. Sign up now, get your tickets. We'll see you there. I think there's going to be free food. That's a part of it. Free food is always (laughs) in the mix. Ben and Lindley, I don't know about Honey Nut Cheerios. We'll have to see what we can do, Lindley. I know you like red starbursts, not the yellow and orange. That's a different discussion. And Honey Nut Cheerios now.
1: I feel like it would be a good giveaway, Chuck.
0: (laughs) We will work on that. We'll workshop that. Thank you guys for being here. Listeners, thank you for listening. We'll see you back again soon for another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.